All right, welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy Football Consistency Show. I am your host, Bob Long here, Big Guy Fantasy Sports. On the other side of the glass, we're he's going solo with me tonight. We're, we're just a duet. Uh, Ron uh, could not make it tonight. Uh, I had to go out of town for work for a couple of days, so we couldn't do our Tuesday night show. So we're doing it on Thursday night. Ron's at work. So I got David Kateri here on the other side. So David, good to have you. Um, how's everything going up in the uh, northeastern part of the United States? It's going excellent up here. You make me feel like a, like a live performer calling us a duet. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a <laughs> boy band here or something. Yeah, well, I can't sing, so if you can, we're in trouble. Uh, yeah, we're going to be, uh, yeah, we'll be two guitar players, I guess, then we'll yeah, be an instrumental. I have no musical talent. I think I've done, um, I was a wedding DJ for like 35 years. I finally kind of, quote, retired a few year, a couple years ago. Um, that's my only musical talent. I can recognize good music. I know what people like to dance to, and I can introduce people. That's why I became a wedding DJ on the side forever. I would have never guessed that about you, Bob. I'm I'm so glad to have found that out. <laughs> yeah, it was a blast. I used to love doing it. Um, you know, but it just got to a point where you know today's music just, you know, just couldn't couldn't get into it. Just couldn't, you know. And, and, you know, you have to be careful at weddings because most of the songs today have a lot yeah, of right. curse words in it. So then you got to find the edited versions and that's not always easy. And so, you know, um, it was fun for for 35 years. I mean, like you said, yeah, I just, it sounds like you had a good run. Yeah. Um, started with records in 1985 and went through all the gambit of, you know, cassettes and CDs and digital and laptops and. Now, how often were you doing this? Like every weekend, once a once a month, something like that. I would say at my peak, I think our peak one year, and a buddy of mine did it together most of the time. We did fifty events in one year. Ooh, that was wow. our. Peak. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, now, granted, we had we had our own sets of equipment, so often and oftentimes we could go out and do two weddings on the same night. So. Not every weekend, but that was pretty close. Um, what is one it, person starting their wedding at eight in the morning? <laughs> no, it was just like we do the morning I, wedding and the night wedding. No, 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 no. I meant we each had our own set of speakers. Oh, you'd go to separate weddings. Yeah, so he would do a wedding, <laughs> I would do a wedding. Like, um, I don't know if I would go to that wedding if it was started at eight in the morning. No, I don't think I could. I couldn't do that. <laughs> Not a morning person. There's no way I could do that. I'd rather start a wedding at midnight before I do one at eight. Yeah. Um, I am not a morning person, but yeah, it was a blast. You know, I've seen some some shit, uh, seen some interesting stuff, seen some, uh, you know, some wild things and some stuff. You just go, what is going on here? Um, alcohol can do some amazing stuff for people. Um, but anyway, so that's a topic for another day. Yeah, it's a topic for another day. We'll have a complete episode on about the consistency or lack thereof in, in wedding receptions. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we're heading towards week 11. Um, as always, your waiver wire ads based on consistency is up. So before we get started on the review of last week, why don't you talk about some of the, your favorite ads, uh, maybe just a couple of them that you really thought would be some good pickups this week, uh, you know, based on some consistency over the last few weeks um that might be able out there and that you highlighted in your article 
Well, it's got to be my man, the the one and only Kalen Balazs. Right, I forgot about him. Yes, <laughs> you did talk I, about him last week. Yeah, and I I'm I can't believe we're here talking about him again, but here we are. And I, it was a little bit terrifying, I'll be honest, touting Kalen Balazs last week because I Especially knew. Especially when he was like not even off the practice squad yet at one point, right? Oh, yeah, early in the week. That was, that was anything that I posted was, didn't he just get sent back down to the practice squad? So it was it was a rough going for a few days there, but he pulled through. He pulled through, and he looked good doing it. And if if you look at the consistency scores, he's a little bit down there because he played three games with the Jets. Sure. Right. But right. he almost had a consistent game with the Jets too. He had a game with five reception for forty four yards with the Jets. So yeah, he almost he almost hit the consistency score there, and he's been two for two in LA. Right. He, yeah. He's just been getting fed the ball. I I saw that the other day that he's got 40 touches in his past two games. Clyde yes. Edwards Elaire has 26 in his past three. So mm. you talk about just the level of volume he's getting. Right. We've seen this backfield produce over and over and over again. Eckler has 18, 31 fantasy points in his two full games with Justin Herbert. Joshua Kelly has another four games with double digit fantasy points. Justin Jackson had three straight before he got hurt. Even Troy Main Pope has a 67 rushing yard, five reception game uh, this season with right. Justin Herbert. And after Kalen Balaj did it this past week, every single running back on this team has a five reception game playing with Justin Herbert. So they're just right. churning out points. And now he gets another revenge game against the Jets. So right. it, it's great news if you picked up Kalen Balaj last week. If he's still out there, he's got to be the top claim this week. Yeah, I'm sure he's, if you didn't get him yet, it's too late. <laughs> but uh, that's yeah. not necessarily true. A lot of people no? overlooked him last week. Okay. Like he's, he mm-hmm. hung around. He's still available. He, he in more than 50 percent of leagues, I believe it was like 25.8 percent of leagues he's owned. So wow. he's out there in a good amount of leagues still. Nice. Nice. Uh, got another one you want to mention? Yeah, it would be Wayne Gallman, who is surprisingly mm-hmm. is also just out there in more than 50 percent of leagues. And he's got double-digit fantasy points in four straight games, a touchdown and a reception in all four of those games. He's RB11 in points per game over the last month, so he's low-end RB1 production. He goes into a bye this week, but when he comes out, he's got Cincinnati, Seattle, Arizona, and Cleveland. He finishes with a tough matchup against Baltimore Week 16, but... He's one of those guys who you can kind of ride him through, you know, the home stretch and fig- figure out something. Maybe get you, get you in the it. playoffs, right? Exactly, exactly. Right, yeah. right. All right, good stuff. Again, uh, for you folks out there listening, don't forget, check out the waiver wire consistency ads that David has out on Big Guy Fantasy Sports. You don't have to be a member. It's free to you to to read, and it's got some great stuff in it. The man picked Kalen Balaj, guys, last week. This man knows his stuff, so make sure you get out there and read that. All right, let's look at the quarterback. Kyler Murray remains the only perfectly consistent. Russell Wilson took a hit this past week, so he dropped down and tied at 89% with Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Justin Herbert, who you just discussed, at there it's 88%. And if you don't have one of those five guys, you're in bad shape, which I know because I don't have a lot of <laughs> I have some Mahomes. I have maybe one Murray, no Rodgers, one Wilson. It's been a tough year to quarterback. There the might be six or seven. You could say Watson and Allen, too, are, are close. Yeah. Not not quite as consistent. Yeah. Consistency-wise. Yeah. Not not great, but at least helping you out in total points when he is, they are scoring. And, 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 and in defense of Watson, 
in Cleveland. Um, I live in that area. Um, I was watching that game, and they had postponed the beginning of it because of lightning, thunderstorms, 40-mile-an-hour winds, and hail. <laughs> and I trust me, I was sitting there. I have a picture on my phone that I took when I sent it to somebody who said, Bob, why is there no Browns game? And I took a picture out of my back porch of the hail hitting the cement. <laughs> I said, one, That's one why. step short of a literal tornado. <laughs> yeah. So that was why, you know, and even in game, there was, you know, they weren't kicking field goals. So they're going for it on fourth downs deep in the red zone. It was not a good, good, good uh, environment for high scoring. So that's why Watson took a hit this week. Not going to happen every week, obviously, those bad weather games, but definitely pay attention to the weather this time of year, especially if it's high winds, uh, you know, uh, some kind of precipitation, whether it's snow, rain, sleet, hail, whatever. Yeah, it's Locus. tough because that, that was a good matchup on paper, too, against a Cleveland yeah. uh, secondary that's allowed a lot of quarterback fantasy points this year. All right, so, David, why don't you kind of uh, give, us, give us your thoughts on some of these guys, the quarterback position. Uh, you said uh, before off the air, just before we came on, you had a couple that you kind of want to talk about. So, my friend, talk about and that's them. Well, that's a great intro because we're already <laughs> ta- we're already talking about them. And we talked about this last week. We talked about Justin Herbert and Deshaun Watson, and we talked about their schedules, right? Because we're getting to that time of year where it's it's schedule watching time of year, and you got to start looking to those weeks 14, 15, 16, even 13, you know, matchups if you're teetering on the edge. And I believe, I think last week, we were basically in consensus that Justin Herbert has the better second half schedule. But the more I was looking at it, I was kind of looking, well, Deshaun Watson does have one game that stands apart in that schedule, and it's the Week 16 matchup against Cincinnati. And we were concerned, right, because he does face Indianapolis, Chicago, Indianapolis, 13, 14, 15, Indy, Chicago, Indy. Mm -hmm. And that means he is going to be a worse option during those weeks. And the point here that I'm trying to make is that it matters what your team construction is, right? Because if you have a team that can carry you through 14, 15, 16, you want to hold Deshaun Watson for that mm. week 16 league winning matchup. Like right. if you're vice versa and you don't have a strong roster and you need this quarterback to carry you through weeks 13, 14, 15, then it is Justin Herbert because he faces Atlanta when Deshaun Watson's facing Chicago. So right. you need to always whenever guys like us are talking about, oh, would you trade this for that? You need to always be thinking about how it applies to your team, what your team situation is like, and what are the nuances of it? Because I'm in a league where I have Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. He's technically my my quarterback too. And I also have Kamara and Waller. So I'm not trading Watson for Justin Herbert. I'm going to hold out and try and get to that week 16 matchup. Or on the other hand, if, if I had a week roster, I would probably be willing to entertain making that move gotcha no that's a good point and you know, like you said this is the time of year when you start looking ahead you know like i'm in some leagues uh, you know king's classic league is a perfect example i'm four and six i lost this past week um and you know i'm sitting there going well am i done and i look and i go oh no i'm only two games out of third place <laughs> <laughs> that's how tight it is I mean, granted, there's seven teams ahead of me that are somewhere between six and four, 
five and five and four and six. But the point is, there's a there's a chance. You know, it's kind of the old uh, that's the the line from uh, Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> um, so that's the thing. Look, you know, look, pay attention. You know, you, you unless you're way way out of it, that's one thing. But the other thing too, and I, and I'll just say this as a public service announcement: please keep trying. Don't just not set your line up and be a jerk, especially if you're in a, a league. Um, no, it doesn't matter. Any do it for yourself. Do yeah. It for, for your bragging rights. Who wants? You don't want your friends to know you as that guy who sets an empty lineup and right. his, his players on a buy. You don't want to be that guy, do you? Right. No, exactly. So put the best line you, you can get out there. If you need to make some waiver wire moves so you don't start a guy on a buy, do it. You're not going to get a great player. But the key is, is that you want to show that you care enough that, hey, if you were that guy on the other side, do you want to win because somebody tanks and make it to the playoffs and some other guy doesn't because he had to play somebody who did care? So please care. <laughs> put, put in your lineups. You know, I've got some teams out here that are not going to make the playoffs, but I'm still making moves. I'm still picking up players. I'm still putting in the best lineup I can put in. You know, I, it, it may not, you know, I'm not going out there and trading anybody. I'm, you know, I've certainly anything nuts because nobody's going to trade with, a, you know, unless I got like a superstar, and, but it's not going to help me. So, I'm, you know, but at least put in a, a startable lineup for, for the sake of everybody involved. So um, anybody else, uh, especially down, you know, we've got some guys coming in replacement. You know, what are your thoughts about um, Jameis Winston replacing Drew Brees for the next couple weeks. What are your thoughts there? Do you see consistency, or do you see more of a game manager? They're, they'll be really focusing on Kamara, you know, short, quick passes to Sanders, Thomas, uh, Jared Cook, that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, it's hard not to be excited. I, he was uh, the, also included in the waiver wire, wire article right. this week. Good point. I forgot about that, yeah. And Atlanta has allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks all year. They mm -hmm. keep like playing Frogger with Seattle, where they're going back and forth over each other for like most points. And Seattle's about to—they're playing as we speak, so Seattle right. might hop right right back ahead in, mm -hmm. in total points allowed. But Atlanta has just been a cake matchup. And I wanted to go back and kind of look at last year to see what Winston did against Atlanta. He put up 313 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions in the first game. The second game they played only 13 to 24, 201, two touchdowns, two picks. So mm -hmm. one pretty good game, one so-so game. I think, if anything, it makes you more excited for Michael Thomas. Mm -hmm. Winston, obviously, I think is a good stream this week himself. But sure. also, I think Atlanta defense, he threw four interceptions in two games against them right. last year. I, I mean... <laughs> Even if it could be one of those games where he ends up putting up 300 yards, but he turns the ball over three times as well. So there's going to be fancy points on both ends. I think you're targeting basically everyone possible in this Atlanta-New Orleans matchup. Absolutely. In fact, uh, you brought up a good point because I was setting my lineups uh, today, and I was needing some defenses to replace some defense I had on buys um, or just replacing them because they suck. But – I did pick up Atlanta in a number of the leagues because, you know, obviously normally you're not going to start them because they just haven't been very good. But as you mentioned, they're playing against Winston. So at least one pick six is a potentially, 
uh, a, a given. And then, you know, two more picks, maybe, you know, some some sacks, some fumbles, uh, lots lots of potential for some defensive points. So uh, I like that call there for getting Atlanta's and, knee. And it is just occurring to sorry to cut you off. It is just oh. occurring to me as well. Um, sorry, I wasn't on top of this. I'm just like, oh, well, week 17 when they played and he only threw for 201 yards, two touchdowns, two picks last year. I don't think I, he had either Chris Godwin or Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. So he still put up 201, two touchdowns, I believe, probably to Br- Brashad Perriman. Was that another Brashad Perriman week at the mm-hmm. end of last season? So, uh, yeah, you're going to definitely fire up Jameis Winston this week. Right. But definitely look at your scoring, too. If you're in a Scott Fishbowl, that might be a not one place Winston. <laughs> um, that is not going to help you. But if you're in a, a traditional league where you're only getting maybe minus one or minus two for your interceptions. How much is it in the Scott Fishbowl? I think it's either four or five. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. I got it in mind. You remember me talking about my yeah. Tom Brady minus 11 <laughs> um, when he threw three or four picks. Yeah, that that can kill you yeah. if you're in Scott Fishel. So be careful with that scenario. Uh, but anything else in the traditional scoring? Yeah, Winston's definitely a very good start this week. All right, let's move on to the running back positions. Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook are just dominating this year. Kamara, he's played nine games, 246 points, perfectly consistent, 100%. 35 points behind him, though he's played one less game. Dalvin Cook, second in total points, 211. And that's all very good. But what when you look at who's third and how far behind they are, and that is Derrick Henry at 162.3. He is 50 points behind Cook. And 85 points behind Kamara. That is amazing that the what kind of year these two are having. Uh, and again, Kamara and uh, Henry and those guys will have their buys at some point. Uh, and then Cook will probably may even take over the lead for total points as well. But those two are definitely having a year. Um, David, outside of those guys, kind of maybe pick out a few that you like, you see having potential to continue the success they've had or the non-success that they've had uh, moving forward, you know, somebody that may be worth trading off or doing something with or trading for because they might be coming back soon or, you know, they're just not not putting up the numbers, the consistency as of recent uh, that, that may be on there. Well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's kind of shocking to me that Clyde edwards Elaire is still at eight for nine in terms of mm-hmm. the consistency. Because I don't know if we talked about this last week, but his touches have just gone way, way, way down since Bell has has come in here. He had 26 carries the last game before Bell came. And then the last three games, he's got eight carries, six carries, and five carries mm-hmm. in, the, in the past three games. Like we already said before, 26 touches in three games. So he's... Well, Still, I think he's doing receptions and touchdowns. It's yeah, he, he's got three he's, receptions in right. each of the past two games and receiving touchdown last week. But it's concerning. Like, I think, you know, you definitely got to be willing to entertain or at least try and initiate offers for this guy. On the other hand, guy like DeAndre Swift, mm-hmm. I think he's got a good chance to continue. I know he's got in concussion protocol yeah, right now, yeah, but yeah. Carolina, if he can play this week, Carolina, Houston next week, if you're needing running back production now, I would be trying to make like a CEH for DeAndre Swift swap. Yeah, it might not be a bad idea, definitely. 
Um, some other guys that are still kind of, you know, waiting to come back. Um, you know, I mean, Chubb came back, looked really good last week, uh, unless you're, you know, you needed that actual touchdown at the end <laughs> of the game. Good move for him. Bad move if he needed him. Now, you know, I as I said to somebody, hey, you know, give the guy some love. He scored 14 and a half points for you. Um, you could have done a lot worse, especially in that bad weather that they had. Uh, they, he ran pretty well, I thought. Um, so he looked good. And, you know, that team certainly is a run first. And between him and Hunt, they've been doing very well. Uh, we'll continue their consistency. I mean, David Johnson was out. Joe Mixon's still out. Chris Carson's still out. James Conner's a guy that I think just a few weeks ago was right up near the top in the 70, 80%, dropping off uh, substantially. What do you know? What do you think about Conner? Um, I actually got hit up by a friend of mine who wanted to know if he should trade Conner away. And I forget who it was. And it was kind of a no brainer because I think it was, I can't remember now who it was. Um, might have been, I don't know. Maybe DeAndre Swift. I can't remember, but it was like, yes, do it. <laughs> um, it might have been before the concussion, but, um, you know, Connor was looking good there for a while. He's still 15th in total points, but, you know, this past week, um, you know, he, he only had 6.8, uh, kind of like you were talking about with um, CEH. And you know, I think his touches are dropping off. I think they're just throwing the ball more. You know, what are you seeing out of Connor so far? Yeah, the worst part was it was against Dallas and Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Dallas and Cincinnati. And you know what the parallel, I can't help but make it, and this is completely off topic, but just saying the words Dallas-Cincinnati, I'm thinking about my pitch for Logan Thomas over the next two weeks, <laughs> and it had a lot to do with those two words, Dallas and Cincinnati. So, uh, you know, it shows that nobody is matchup certain, just like nobody is matchup proof. Uh, players can have bad games and good matchups. And James Conner, unfortunately, has been been a victim of that because, like you said, they've just been passing the ball so much and they've been successful passing the ball. So so why not? They're undefeated. You do what works. And right now what's working is passing the ball. Yeah, exactly. Um, definitely. Uh, definitely has been doing that. And that's a good thing if, uh, as we move into the segue for the wide receivers, for a guy named Juju Smith-Schuster, who is now 21st in total points, 78% consistent. Um, you know, they've, they've had a couple games where he's not been as productive as we want him to be every week. Uh, when we've had games where Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and some of those guys kicked in. But, you know, he's still having a very solid year. Um, I have him on a lot of teams because everybody kind of gave up on him. Um, gave up in the sense that they weren't drafting him as a wide receiver one and sometimes even two. Uh, but I got him in a number of leagues, so he's certainly been helping me out there, one of the few pluses for me. Um, the, probably the biggest surprise of the week was Cole Beasley uh, with 27.9 fantasy points, led the entire NFL, uh, even led DeAndre Hopkins, who had the miracle catch uh, in the end zone t- who uh, ended up second overall, but uh, near the top of the list, actually at the top of the list, and was third in overall points this week, uh, Stefan Diggs, second in total points, 90% consistent. We have no 100s anymore. Um, so, you, you know, know what I see, Bob? Can I uh, cut in right there? Because sure. I was literally looking at these two teams, and I'm, it's funny that you just keep talking about the Bills and the, the Steelers. Why? It's because 
I think these are the only two teams with three wideouts with a 50% consistency score or higher. I mean, correct, correct me if true. I'm wrong, but I see John Brown at four for eight, Beasley mm-hmm. obviously seven for 10, and Diggs at the top of the list. Juju seven for nine, mm-hmm. oh, uh, Claypool six for nine. Then Deontay Johnson is down, um, I yeah, believe, it's yeah. four for eight. So, right. No, you're right. So, it, it goes to show that teams can, can support uh, three wide receivers and don't be afraid to target a team's projected third wide receiver in your fantasy drafts toward towards the end of drafts because there's still some upside there. Yeah, I mean it's no question this is a pass, you know, it's a pass happy league. It always it has been for a number of years now. You know, I mean there's other ones on here too. Uh, you know, Green Bay with Alan Lazard at sixty seven percent, obviously Devontae Adams, I thought now well, maybe he's not. Maybe uh, I thought one of the other ones was up there. No, Scantling's not up there. Okay. But anyway um i think panthers are close curtis samuels 44 percent four for nine dj moore 50 percent robbie anderson seven for ten yeah i mean there's definitely you know some teams that have you know put up some very good numbers in the passing game um been very productive um you know this year so as we look through the rest of the um wide receivers any others in there that kind of you know you've you know, maybe kind of touting has been looking consistent or you just, you know, kind of feel like, you know, this guy's kind of coming out here and, and being more productive than I think the guy that surprises me. And, and I'll be honest with you, I drafted him a lot. And I'll tell you why. Uh, it's T Higgins. Um, every league that I was in, I think I drafted AJ Green. And I know you're not a huge <laughs> fan. And I and, and I know I'm going to hear a sigh. So I'll, I'll just stop you now. <laughs> but what I <laughs> Yeah, what I did do is every one of those leagues, three rounds later, four rounds later, I drafted T. Higgins. That was the the smart move. The other Thank one was goodness. Not. Thank yeah. goodness. So, um, so yeah. So now Higgins is the starter in most of those leagues, and AJ Green is not. Um, but you know, uh, I think one of the things I was kind of reading and what I was kind of getting to was some of the uh, you know number of these rookies who are showing consistency in their first season, which is not always a thing. And you've got T Higgins, CD lamb. Um, I think some of the other ones on here that I thought there was another one. Um, shoot. Oh, there's more. I sure there is. And I should, should we oh, leave this into my assignment? Yep. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Claypool. There's a couple more. Um, Ayuk. Oh, you said it because that's what I see, Bob. That's what I'm looking at to just to cut in here because you said his yeah, name. Uh, I got to. You, you're looking at these guys: Claypool, Woods, Higgins, Cup. I'm going down the list. Mm-hmm. Higgins, Cup, Lamb, Justin Goss, Jefferson's at forty percent. He's twentieth in total points. I mean, he certainly yeah. has had his weeks. And you know, if he had a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins, he probably would be more consistent. But, yeah. um, you know what? What do you see? What are you thinking? Is the What's the word I'm looking for? What is changing in the game that is allowing rookie receivers, which is usually one of the more difficult positions to, one, even become a starter on the offense, and two, be consistent at what they're doing because usually they're the third receiver and they don't get as many looks, targets, because they're not, you know, they don't, they're not, is it, is it stronger route running in college? Are they running more pro offenses? I mean, what do you, what do you see as this maybe, scenario of why they're kind of heading the right direction bob 
my guess is as good as yours, and I agree with with everything you just said. I think it is. I mean, you look at just the money that's being poured into these college programs. It's right. just every year it's it's becoming more and more. These guys just have all sorts of trainers, all sorts of mm-hmm. you know. It doesn't take a genius to tell you. You know, they're coming into the NFL readier than they've ever been. And the college offenses are just becoming more diverse, more creative, you know. So mm-hmm. I think they're being taught more. I, this is from the outside looking in. I, I, right. I've never been in a college program, but I would assume they're being taught more. They're running these offenses. So it's great. Ayuk is above Mike Evans right now. Yeah. Well, DJ Chark. And even, I love and it. Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Five for eight. <clears throat> you know, nobody's me. talking about Ayuk with these other names. Higgins, Cup. Godwin, these are the names directly above him. Woods, Claypool. Ayuk is still, it seems like, flying under the radar to me. And he's right up in there with with those other guys, production-wise. Right. No, no question. And, you know, one of the things that I put out every year is the rookies versus consistency article, which shows how rookies usually aren't very consistent their first year and how very few even earn over 60%. We've got four or five that are already over for the year may end up that way, may not. Um, But a lot of these guys are showing that, you know, wide receivers may be a better chance to take as your, you know, wide receiver four, wide receiver three, um, you know, or getting them later, knowing that they might come into the right situation, like a T Higgins, Claypool, um, you know, even IU came into San Francisco where there really wasn't a good number two wide receiver on the other side of Debo Samuel. Samuel gets hurt, and now IU actually has to become the the number one, so he's definitely seeing more targets. So, you know, again, opportunity and talent makes for fantasy success. So, I want to pump the brakes here a little bit, though, Bob. Okay. I want to say, though, it does matter draft class, right? Because this was a oh, historic, right, sure. it was a oh, historically right. good draft yes. class that was loaded with wide receiver talent. So if you were going to bet on a rookie wide receiver class to produce, this was a, a heck of a one to bet on. We've, we've seen it before, the mm-hmm. A.J. Green and Julio Jones class, you know, when mm-hmm. they did it. Uh, was with Sammy Watkins in that class. I might be mixing up two classes, but right. we've done it before where we got ahead of ourselves a little bit and we said, oh, these guys are coming into the pros readier than ever. And then there was maybe a down year, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the wide receivers didn't produce as much. So it's it, there's probably going to be uh, another valley coming. I don't know if it's going to be next year. From from all the looks of it, it looks like next year is going to be another loaded wide receiver class. But it, yeah. it does, that's obviously a, a major factor in the equation as well. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the tight end position. And for goodness sakes, we finally got Mark Andrews near the at the top of the list. It's only taken him 11 weeks to be the number one guy, and he tied with Gronkowski, which is even more surprising. Want to uh, hear stat, Bob? Yeah. That, that score, the highest scoring tight end of the week, it was topped by seven different kickers <laughs> this, this past week. Seven fantastic. kickers scored more than the highest scoring tight end. <laughs> yeah, as I say, that is not a high scoring tight end for, but you know, um, but then the clutch game factor is only like eight point seven, so Yikes. only eleven guys even made Yikes. it. That's the amazing part. So that's what shows you is that tight ends are just they're back to where they were the last, you know, not last year because last year there was a lot of good consistency in tight ends, not this year. Now, granted, injury. Is Kittle, you know, some of these guys, I get it. Um, but, you know, just the offenses in general just has not been. I mean, you look at the overall numbers, Kelsey, number one, 80, uh, in number one in total points, eight of nine, 89%. Uh, between him and second place, 
is over 50 is 50 points. Um, Hawkinson is also at 89%, which is probably one of the best here. And after that, we go down all the way down to 67%. We have uh, four, three there, uh, four there, one at 63, one at 60, and then everybody else after that is below 60%. I mean, that's terrible. I mean, and so I'm sure everybody out there with a tight end not named Kelsey Hawkinson, Waller, Johnu Smith, or Kittle, and those guys are hurt, or at least Kittle has been, um, are really struggling. Um, it's It's been a rough year for a lot of people. Uh, Hunter Henry's not having a terrible year, but not having a great year. He's 11th in total points. Ingram hasn't, he's at 60%, just hasn't been, you know, what I thought he would be. I really thought they would use him a little bit more. Um, they haven't. And I just, you know, don't understand. He was so consistent last year. Um, but let's obviously go straight to your, your man crush. And that is Logan Thomas. (laughs) Tell us about Logan Thomas six this past week in total points for the week. Uh, definitely up and coming tight end. Uh, you love this kid. I know. Tell us a little bit more and why, if uh, somebody doesn't have them, why they should go out and try to maybe make a trade. Uh, maybe he's on the waiver wire. You never know. Could be a 10 team league. Some people may have just not been paying attention. Um, but you know, why, why we want, we need to go out and get Logan Thomas. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll get to Logan Thomas, <laughs> okay. but I got to use this. As, okay. a, as a pitch, you know you know what I do. I have to make sure. my pitch for the top sure. tight ends because the fact that we are going straight to Logan Thomas as the number one topic for tight ends this week, <laughs> justifiably so, right. it shows you how important it is getting the Travis Kelseys of the world. And I'm going to double down on George Kittle next year as well. I'm going to go after him again. And a lot of people are not going to like that move next year when George Kittle is coming off. Uh, an, another major injury, and who knows if he plays another snap this year. But right. it goes to show you the elite tight end production is damn near impossible to find. Right. It, you, you just expect these guys to make a leap in, into that territory every year, and it never happens. And Travis Kelsey, and for the most part, George Kittle are standing alone. They're standing alone, and then everybody mm-hmm. else is left at sea without a paddle so to speak, just trying to hang on and find something and just find something to keep him afloat. The Logan Thomases of the world. And he matters to you. He matters to you. You you can't say he doesn't if you don't have Travis Kelsey on your team or TJ Hawkinson and Darren Waller, maybe Tony Smith or Hayden Hurst, I guess. I guess I'd still be maybe willing to take a chance on Thomas over her. So it, it does matter getting that top tight end. And I'm going to take the chance on George George Kittle next year as well in the leagues, obviously, where I miss out on Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I think I think the guy I'll be focusing on next year will be Darren Waller because I'm hoping he'll be our fifth round guy. You know, I mean, I know Kelsey is the man, but I just I just struggle picking him that early. I mean, I know it shows he's worth it, but <laughs> still tough. <laughs> I do agree. Waller's probably going to be the better value, but the problem for me right. is if you miss on Waller, like if you miss on Kittle. You can still get Waller. But if you go in thinking you want Waller and you miss on Waller, I guess mm-hmm. Mark Andrews will be there too next year. But he will be I, I'd, I'd rather miss so in down that on him. Right. The one league I wanted Waller and I was targeting him, I missed. And then mm-hmm. I was left picking between Evan Ingram, who's come around a little bit. But it's just, it's been a headache all season long in the leagues where I missed on those top tight ends. You know, just to expound on your concept, which I, I love, and then now my brain started to to click. I'm sitting there going, man, if I have, like, you know, early round picks, so one through four, 
when I come to that two, three turn, it may not be all that crazy, especially if you get a McCaffrey or, you know, one of these top guys, um, you know, Kamara, whoever to go like, say it, Bob, either Kelsey Kittle or uh, Kelsey Kittle or, you know, or Waller. I love it. You said it. Darren Waller, third just, round just, pick. I was saying yeah, this just, last year. Just I double off. up a tight end. You probably have a flex spot open. You've just destroyed the rest of the league because now they're they're all gone. You know, because at some point, because if you do that, you're going to watch a tight end run at that point because people go, shit, I got it. You know, I got to get somebody now. You know, I got to get a uh, you know Johnny Smith or. Um, You'll say it, though, Bob. A it lot may of not us be crazy. A lot of us were doing that this year, except mm-hmm. the problem was we were doing it with Mark Andrews and not right, Derek Fowler. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's if you got to be a little bit more secure about that. I think Waller's production is secure though, and I do think yeah, be worth. I mean, they're not going to be bringing in a stud wide receiver. I seriously doubt that after investing right. in. Well, even if they do, you still have to have. You know, Waller's still so dangerous in the middle of the field. If a guy's stretching the field, I mean, if Ruggs ever gets his act together and they get the speed that they have, you know, you know, on a consistent basis with Ruggs and Renfro and and um, who's the other kid, Brian Edwards and those guys stretching the field, I mean, Waller would be so wide open against a linebacker in the middle underneath. Oh my gosh, scary. And it uh, just it's it's about the the headache factor. Sometimes you got to put the wins and losses aside. I yeah. tell you what, I'm enjoying the ride in the leagues where I have the Wallers and the Kelseys sure. a lot a lot more than even the leagues I have the Hunter Henrys and Hayden Hurses. You know, those yeah. guys are keep, keeping me up at night, and that, right. that there's something to be counted for that too. That's for sure. Well, and then this year, you know, some of the things that also is kind of really throwing me off. As, as much as it's the, you know, not seeing guys like Ingram and, and these guys get points, it's seeing these, you know, weird scenarios like, you know, Pharaoh Brown from Houston earning a clutch game. Richard Rodgers, who is playing with Dallas Goddard in the lineup, outscored Dallas Goddard. <laughs> you know, Tyler Higby all of a sudden just became relevant for a week. Believe it or not, I picked him up on three waiver wires. Tyler Higby. People have just totally t- trashed him. I wouldn't even have picked him up if he got dropped. <laughs> well, well, here's here's the thing: the guy, <laughs> the guy that I ha- would have had to start if I did was Harrison Bryant. So you make the call. <laughs> yeesh, yeesh. Yeah, because I picked Kelsey. up Harrison Bryant when um, Hooper got hurt, and I used him for a couple of weeks and got a few points out of him. Nothing much because I had like you know Jack Doyle at the beginning of the year because yeah, I thought that was a cool idea. Um, so, yeah, it's just been a hot mess in that league. And so, yeah, this week I'm like, Tyler Higby sitting there? Okay, sure. <laughs> but anyway, any other uh, tight ends you want to talk about on here that, you know. Um, we'll get to Logan Thomas. I don't think I actually said anything. Oh, about yeah, it. right. Yeah, we I think I kind of yeah. put him down to pit, prop up Travis Kelsey a little bit mm-hmm. like I like to do with, with my boy Kelsey. Right. Um, but Logan Thomas, they played – 88 offensive snaps for Washington this past week. 88 snaps. Logan Thomas was in on 87 of them. So he's a full-time, he's on the field 100% of the time. This has been the case all year. This is not just one game. He's been on the field about 100% of snaps every single game. He played 57 of those 87 snaps in the slot. Only 19 in line out of 87 snaps. So he's not even being used really as a tight end. He's being right. used as a, a big, big slot wide receiver for the most part. 
And Alex Smith, the touchdowns have not been there the past two weeks, but 325 yards, 390 passing yards. And then again, as I mentioned before, Cincinnati and Dallas. Cincinnati and Dallas. I mean, didn't work out for uh, James Conner. Hopefully it works out for Logan Thomas. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so one thing I did notice is that, uh, you know, Dalton Schultz is back. Um, any thoughts on him? Is he a good? I saw him on the waiver wire. You know, um, I guess he not only is he back, he never went away. Why did I thought he got hurt? Oh, that's right. Gart. It was that's right. It was dark. It was the Jarwin that got hurt. Yeah, we buried we buried that whole Dallas offense as soon as Andy Dalton hopes and dreams uh, went up in flames, so to speak. But you're right. Dalton Schultz seems to be the one kind of constant in this offense Mm -hmm. who didn't really seem to get too too affected by the quarterback changes over the last four games. Dalton, Garrett, Gilbert, and Danucci, he's had four for 35, two for 22, six for 53, four for 48. So it's the last two weeks. Not sexy. Not sexy. Right. Last two weeks, and again, remember, 8.75 earns you a clutch game. So the last two weeks, he's earned two in a row. Um, I picked him up. State the last one. <laughs> I get it. I get it. It counts. Know, but again, points are points. Points are points, and when you're desperate, you just start grabbing for this stuff. You know, Dallas is looking at Minnesota this week. Uh, they had a bye last week. Washington at Baltimore, at Cincinnati, San Francisco, and Ch- and Philadelphia. Um, you know, again, if you're desperate like me and you need a, a tight end. This may not be a bad pickup to be sitting out there. So take and a I look. And I want to hit on that too, Bob, while you're talking about schedules, because mm-hmm. we're talking about looking ahead. This is with tight ends. If you don't have one of those top guys that we mentioned before, it's mm-hmm. time to start thinking about not just looking at one tight end schedule, but looking at multiple tight end schedules and right. pairing them and right. trying right. to see if you can find uh, two pairs that schedules kind of fit in and mesh perfectly together where one guy's got a bad matchup the other guy's got a good matchup and you can kind of predictably go back and forth so dalton schultz if you're looking for a a week 14 piece you got at cincinnati for dalton schultz so that's a great matchup if you've got another tight end out there who's got say weeks 15 and 16 matchups that you're looking to plug in but not so much in week 14 right and the key is too and it's something for folks to remember um especially if you're kind of new to this the world and the game and that is make sure you go online uh, nfl fantasy nfl.com fantasy.nfl.com um, has fantasy points against by position so don't just look at the uh, an overall defense and, and say oh well cincinnati's got a bad defense because they may be fine again they may be good against the tight end and they're giving up all their all their you know points to wide receivers or running backs so make sure you look so here's some of the worst teams uh, against tight ends, Kansas City, Seattle, Detroit, Dallas, Arizona, Tennessee, Cincinnati, which is in there. So that, that is definitely a good one. Denver, New Orleans, Cleveland, Indianapolis. That's that's probably your top 10. We're 10 worst. So, you know, so if you got somebody maybe coming up against Kansas City, Seattle, those kind of teams, make sure you look at that as well uh, when you're taking a look at you know, the scenarios of their games coming up. Don't just look at the defense and go, oh, well, they're terrible against the pass. Well, that may be more wide receivers than tight ends. Sometimes they have, you know, really good linebackers that could cover tight ends um, and bad cornerbacks. So, you know, definitely keep an eye on that as well. So, all right. Anything else, David, you want to talk about before we wrap it up for the night? 
No, I think you made a lot of good points. I think I'll just add to it because you you were really uh, summarizing something that's important is looking at that points against by position. And even mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if it's just NFL.com. I just Google. I'm sure there's yeah yeah I've sure Googled Google points Google. against running back. So I've got another site too that I yeah, book, and, yeah. bookmarked. And right. it's important because not just that it can dispel some of these kind of notions like we have about like the Pittsburgh defense, how great they are. Like last week, if you look at the points against, they've been giving up points. It made you a little bit more comfortable starting a guy like T Higgins. Mm -hmm. And if you put them in knowing that they've allowed points, it ended up paying off. So it helps knowing which teams are actually allowing the points and which teams are just kind of getting by on that name power. Right. And I think there's some sites and maybe pay sites like a PFF pro football focus. Some of those, They'll actually have fantasy points against versus or, or for the um, like slot receivers versus, you know, X, oh, okay. Y, those, you know. So those are out there, too, because sometimes a slot guy, they may have a terrible slot corner. And then the slot guy for that week may be a good choice, but not the other, you know, wide receiver. So, again, I, I, I don't know that I, I want to say maybe like Fantasy Alarm does it. Uh, I know Colby used to write articles every week about how well, you know, certain players did and certain defensive players were, you know, in holding, uh, you know, the wide receiver one or the wide receiver two or three. Uh, so definitely look for that stuff out there. Um, and if it's a pay site, it may be worth it, especially if you got some, can win some money in your league. So anyway, so David, thanks again for being here. Uh, as always, want you to tell everybody uh, about your article and where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, if you guys, uh, obviously we have the article every every week at Big Guy Fantasy Sports. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can check it out at Guru Fantasy World. W-R-L-D is the username. Got it. All right. Well, thanks again, Dave, for being here. I'm Bob Lung, Big Guy Fantasy Sports. Follow me on Twitter at Bob underscore Lung. So everybody have a great week. We will be back next Tuesday, uh, right before the Thanksgiving holidays to give you get you all updated as you head into that weekend. So, uh For David, I'm Bob Lung. Everybody have a great week. Take care. God bless. We'll talk to you soon.